Hello everyone, you're listening to Art Town podcast series. This podcast visions to inspire artists with insights of creative individuals and aims to plunge into their imaginations. We dig deep into the minds, motivations and aspirations of some of the truly interesting people and share these conversations with you every Friday. If you're someone who's intrigued by art and seeks inspiration to chase your passion, this is the podcast for you. one of the leading sports lifestyle brands in the world it is rapidly progressing and coming up with a lot of technological innovations with their aim of reducing environmental impacts today we have with us one of the masterminds behind puma's bioevolution he is romain gerard the senior head of innovation at puma he has worked with adidas for a quite long time and is now mentoring students across various universities for uplifting their design thinking while he talks about his journey as a footwear designer his approach with different athletes he also touches upon some important aspects like collaborations and building the right skill set and mindset while innovating a product so let's move straight away to our conversation and listen to the expert himself Artdown podcast series uh, it's my honor to be talking to you and it's a pleasure to have you here Thank you really nice to meet you and it's also a pleasure you know to be connected with India you know we are Puma, Puma is actually uh, we know Puma as a, as a let's say a strong impact in India and it's really a pleasure you know and to to be able to discuss um, with you today we glad to have you here and i hope you uh, you're in good health and you're doing well uh, So I would like to begin this conversation uh, with your own story. So everybody knows you as a product designer, the senior head of innovation at Puma, but beyond that what's your story? Ah. <laughs> oh, um where to start? I think to let's start <clears throat> chronologically. So um I'm born in Raising France um at the end of the 70s. Um I had very quickly an interest for architecture um and uh, and 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 let's say creative engineering um I studied into that directions but back in the days um architecture in France was really limited and and people at the end of the university were struggling actually to get out of a job and then I realized that actually the same philosophy the same thinking when someone is thinking about a building could be applied on products and that's where again back end of the 70s design started product design started to surface and raise and um i uh, changed the directions of my study um from architecture towards um back then it was called engineering design in france also in the in the north of france did a five years program there and then um in that school specifically and it's actually very interesting because the school at the end of my study started to partner with a design school in Pune um the school in France is called um Institut Supérieur de Design and there was a partnership with a design school in in Pune at the end unfortunately I was already out but I could see there was um there was some some connections there and then in that school program there was a lot of internships so i got to learn in those five years program different businesses um, more engineering more aesthetic driven 
and then finish basically my internship or my, my school program with a six months internship where I realized also I need to get out of France. Um, the goal was to go to the US, see another, another country, another culture, um, another way to also to approach, um, how can I say, like, yeah, product and, and, and product design. Um, didn't work out. I landed in Austria, so in the middle of Europe, not too far from France, in a very diverse um, design studio, which used to be connected actually with Porsche design. So that was kind of interesting. Um, and actually in the same city where Porsche and Porsche design is, is uh, grounded, was grounded. And then I spent a year there and started to work on multiple projects from a teeth brush to a boat cabin to actually some outside, more architectural things and footwear for a company, a small company started to touch footwear. And I, there was a click, there was a real good connection for me in footwear because compared to other product design because footwear had actually a very broad reach. It's not, you know, purely from a product, there is a hard part into it. Then there is a soft part into it. But also footwear back in the days also started to be relevant more and more into the culture aspect of this. Like car was actually, car design was really hot in those days, but footwear started to reach, to have that reach. And um, we did a very good project um, on this, uh, with this company. And then like always the hazard of life, um, there was actually 2002, Puma, um, through some, connections, design connections, Puma, Puma reached out to me and said, hey, we have this studio in Munich, um, kind of independent studio, but doing 100% product um, footwear design for Puma. Would you be interested? And I joined that studio in 2002. Uh, we are commuting from Munich to Nuremberg uh, or Herzog and Araki every week and started to work on motorsport was the focus. And there was the days of Future Cat, Speed Cat. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but very famous style from Puma back then, and then Trail Fox was one of my first projects. Trail Fox is also, back then, was a very successful trail running shoe for Puma. Anyway, I spent three and a half years, and I realized at the end of that journey, like, it's been a fantastic and amazing experience traveling the world, you know, from Asia, Taiwan, China, and so forth, to USA, Puma, um, and still have a, you know, a strong headquarter, in the, uh, or, um, yeah, a second headquarter in the USA traveling also around Europe, working on multiple categories for Puma, but I realized the limit of being, let's say, outside of the company. So you are still, you know, consulting for the company. So I tried my best to get into the company, but contractually was impossible. And therefore, the only option I was facing was, was to, leave, um, to leave that and to move to another company. And then I had the chance to move to Adidas. Um, so it was end of 2006 and nearly stayed there 10 years, um, where I have to say that was also good because Adidas from the design maturity was on another level. Um, you have to imagine this, um, uh, Adidas was also on another scale and therefore the integration of design in the company was way deeper and the opportunities for me to move through different categories, but also learn from more senior designers was extremely enriching. Um, so I did a couple of categories in Adidas and then finished with football, which is the heart and soul of Adidas. 
um, and where I was actually leading the footwear and accessories design team. Um, and then again, the hazard of life, it's a small community also between, you know, Puma and Adidas obviously here around Herzogenau and um, in a private moment, I, I, I got to know um, the back then the head of uh, innovation in, uh, in Puma and then he was looking for a design brain to shape back innovation within Puma. And then, um, and then I took on a journey. I saw this as a, as a beautiful opportunity. Puma was, you know, was my first love. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and then was, you know, was the opportunity to get back. And Puma was, you know, we had uh, the new CEO, Beyond Golden, joining, on, joining in 2014. And that was, therefore, you could feel like his passion for football his envy to raise again performance in the company and to take the company to the next level, you know, was there. And I could smell this, I could feel this. I was like, yes, that sounds like a, a new beautiful challenge. So took on the challenge, um, heading up design within innovation here in Herzogenaura for four and a half years. And then, um, and then last year, basically, over a year ago, there was some, some restructuring and adjustment and my former boss decided also to move on to new challenges in his professional life, and I got the opportunity to uh, to head up the full team here. Um, and so far, it's been a fantastic, um, fantastic ride and fantastic journey. And I think it reflects into where Puma is at today in terms of numbers, uh, but also in terms of um, you know brand heat. I think you know project like jamming, project like Netfit, like some of those things you know have been um, i think breaking through um but i can only see there is more to come in 22 23 i think um we've got we've got really a, a lot of great things and great stories coming up wow that's one roller coaster for journey and it's wonderful and it's very inspiring i would say and now that you've consistently been working on numerous projects with various athletes over the years, I'm very intrigued to know how do you approach a new project and what is your creative design process? Uh, this is this is a famous question, right? This is the golden. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's you know part of, and uh, sorry if I was a little bit long on my journey on, on my story, but it's it's you know there is a lot of also things you cannot predict and. One of the drivers I forgot to mention there is, you know, the passion for what you do. The passion for what you do, the love for what you do, you know, is giving you that drive to always go the extra mile and always, you know, connect with people and so forth. Why I'm, where I'm you know, pushing back on this or, or linking back on this is because this passion is the engine, you know, of an innovation process. An innovation process, you have, you know, compared to anything else, it's not, you know, there is no brief, there is no one coming to you and say, hey, we need this. Innovation starts actually with you and your team that, you know, actually get out there, understand the athletes, understand the business, understand the culture, understand the world, like understand as much as you can to therefore creatively after come with a proposal that's gonna, that's gonna be relevant, meaningful, and obviously from a performance side. We are more here to tackle you know, the performance aspect, but not only actually, because also today performance and culture is getting very close, you know. Yes, a football player wants the best performing boot, you know, to accelerate, to don't sleep, to change directions, to kick the ball, of course. 
but it needs to have the right also look and feel. And you know, there is this American say, like, if you look good, you feel good. This is, this is more and more connected, you know? So, so in the process, so back to your question, and in the process today, the first part of the, there is no process. That's what I wanted to learn also. There is no official process. The process is to get people motivated, like um, for passion about what they do together. Of course, in certain expertise, we need, you know, we have here researcher, we have design, we have engineering, um, we have uh, new manufacturing. So you need, you have kind of sociology. So you need a couple of profile and expertise that are motivated to move the needle and then get those people together and then start to get out there, talk with the athletes, talk with the consumer, visit the store, you know, like, again, try to understand what is really in depth the problem. And then from there also as a group, more driven from a design side, start to give answers creatively. Very quickly also the difference, I think with innovation to is very quickly for us also is to build them because looking at things on paper, it's only take you as far as, you know, so build them roughly and so forth, get back to the, get back to the consumer, you know, continue that conversation on a prototype level, learn from this and then continue that loop of learning, making, learning, making, until you feel the level of perfection is good enough, now it's landing. And landing the product, landing the product with the athletes. <clears throat> What's interesting in that process is actually it's never stopped. And that's why I, I love also that job is every day is going to be a new day. Like every day there is a new material, there is a new input, there is an athlete that, you know, has a new need. So you can always make things better. And that's also what to me is a, it's kind of the passion, you know, throwing back at you is like, it's, it's, it's always different. And the process is also always different depending on the sport, depending on the athletes, depending on the moment of the time, where you are, where the others are. It's, it's always very, very different. And I find that very rich, very rich. It is a truly interesting uh, approach and to keep evolving based on the feedback that you get and the passion to get better and better. It is truly motivational and uh, you work in the field of innovation uh, that demands a fresh intuitive mindset every day. So, and wherein you cannot uh, afford to have a creative block as such. So my question to you is, uh, where do you derive your inspiration from? This is... I think the inspiration, of course, you know, I think, how can I say, like, you have to have a certain mindset, and I don't know if it's a big word to say a certain creative mindset and so forth, but that question came also a few times, and, and, and for me, it's always very important to reflect on me, reflect on the team, how we can do things better, and, you know, those type of questions, they are, they are a spark for this type of reflection, and I realized that actually there is a... Um, a common aspect of the people that, you know, let's say more so wants to innovate and so forth is the, the empathy aspect of it. So a lot of those profile love to connect with people and have an empathy for the people. It could be an athlete, it could be, you know, whatever the problem is you want to try to solve it and really want deeply to make something better and want to understand, want to discuss, want to connect. So this is, when this empathy is there, I don't know, but it feels like it triggers a creative thinking. 
because you want to understand, but you know, understand for understanding doesn't it's not a motivation. You are not moving the needle. The people that want to understand that deep is because they want to. And then okay. um, there is, uh, I think, really sympathy is a key key aspect and is a key is a key food um, or key ingredient to really trigger creativity. I think next to that is is certain of your of your own yeah or your own mindset and and how you grow also maybe how you develop there. Like I've been always interested. I don't know by kind of anything. I've been you know drawing. As a, as a young age and be interesting to draw and put, you know, some thoughts, it's even, even not automatically product, but some thoughts or some emotion to paper. So I think if you culture this also early enough, you know, the dots, the dots starts to align and, and, and start to connect as you mature um, or, or, or as you are getting older. You, know. you have a lot of experience in this domain working as a footwear designer. You've also been with Adidas for quite a long time. So I would like to know what does design at Puma look like? Like you said, Puma is your first love. So, you know, it's, it's of course, it's a very similar, it's a, a very similar business and very interesting, especially between those two companies is there is, they came from the same, you know, the same family or the yeah. same brand. So, Already there is some bridges that are very unique in our industry. I think, and, and both companies are actually beautiful in their, you know, in their aspect, like, you know, because they're actually coming from the same, the same history. So what sets, what sets Puma maybe apart from, from Adidas is, I think it has to do with the size also. You know, Puma is um, again. Sorry for throwing out some numbers and things, but like like four to five times you know smaller in terms of turnovers, but that means also in terms of scale, you know, than 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 Adidas is, and therefore today, and that was the first thing when I came back, you know, five years ago. Here is there is much more a family spirit here, you know, than than in, in Adidas, which has obviously a different scale, a different setup, and so forth, and. I think still today we are able to contain this spirit and actually we try to cultivate that, that spirit of this family approach and family spirit where the hierarchy here in Puma is way flatter. You can approach, you know, big decision maker people easily. You know, I'm, I'm, it doesn't matter if you are an intern, if you are, you know, in charge of a category, if you are, you know, like it's, it's like the dynamic is way easier. And, and therefore, there is way more of this yeah, family spirit, which I think helps because, of course, you want to grow the business. Yes, of course, you want to do, you know, the right things and um, on, on a product level. Yes, you want, you know, to elevate certain uh, athletes. Uh, but the core of this is how do we work on this together? And if the pressure is already out by saying, hey, we are all kind of equal here and, you know, if you have an idea, if you want to discuss, if you, like it's open, it's more open, you know, to, to have those type of conversation, you create an environment that is automatically also give more room for freedom and for creativity, you know. So it's, I would say this is really this, this, this family approach, family mindset, um, very, very closely um, attached with the size of the company. That's great. That's great. 
and I think Puma is progressing and growing really fast. Also, its ideology to lighten environmental impacts is what makes them stand out today. And as we keep saying that sustainability is the need of the hour and may it be fashion, architecture or design, everyone is working for it. So my question to you is how, according to you, can innovation and design enhance sustainability for a better future? It's a, it's a big part of the, of the future journey. I mean, we are not going to move forward without thinking sustainability from the beginning of a creative process, not at the end. So it's, it's a big milestone on our agenda. Um, at the same time, it's also a very complex milestone. That means the, you could imagine, you know, on many levels, the product complexity, you know, the sourcing complexity, um, down to even how we land the story. And here in Puma, we took an approach as a starter, um, um, actually to make sure that we are not greenwashing. That means also for us, you know, throwing, throwing a story out there. Yes, it helps to get traction, but we rather work, you know, on our sourcing side, making sure that our partners, our factories and so forth are, you know, doing, doing their best there um, in terms of, you know, energy consumption, water and, and, and other aspects, um, treatment of materials or, or, or creation of materials. So this, this is more the approach so far that is visible from us is we are working really hard in the backyard to make sure that, you know, we are definitely doing big steps in being more sustainable. Obviously, you know, the next steps towards the next seasons and years, this is going to trigger more stories and products that will be more visible. But, but again, our approach is let's start with the starting point, which is the base. Let's make really sustainability right and not try to just talk about sustainability. It is also a very important um, um, topic. Why? Because actually, if you go back in, in the time, 2006, and, um, 2006 exactly, and um, towards 2008, sustainability was the, the, the starting point of Puma with the former CEO. Um, the challenge is like very often with Puma, it was ahead of his time. Sustainability was back then, back then there was not enough meat on the bone to be able to really exploit this or take it to the next level. We were always um, catch back by the cost. Sustainability was was attached to, you know, more expensive products and, and certain issues. So yeah. to push back from sustainability for, you know, the last actually five, six, seven years to make sure that we are able to build again the business and do the right things. But now this is again like a big, big milestone on our agenda. And there will be, I think, a couple of very relevant and great um, great things coming, uh, coming from the company also in the next years. That is a wonderful way that you've put it. I've, uh, I've read that you've also worked in many such uh, projects where sustainability has been the key factor. So could you elaborate on any one of them? Uh, for, for instance, design to fade project of Puma? So now you're asking more, exactly more concretely design towards or in relation with sustainability, right? So yeah. I think there is, um, you know, Sustainability is not just a product topic. is is really what we realize also is um, is um, is a cultural aspect. Like we need to understand, you know, also 
and we need we, we are also we have the responsibility actually moving forward to even change the mindset of some of the people or open the eyes of some of the people that are even not seeing the challenge in that world you know so we we can you know we have because of this we have from the beginning again to think when we create a product you know where this product is gonna die you know and and so try to think therefore think about the loop or think about just behind that moment where the product lands, but okay, what does it mean after that? What does it mean six months after, a year after, and so forth? And therefore, creatively and strategically, where does it make sense that we put focus to to minimize the impact that is coming at the end of the product creation? And again, this cannot be, or this is actually wrong to create something and to think afterwards, how do I neutralize this in terms of you know co2 or so you have to think about this at the beginning because this is a spark for how you're going to solve certain production certain problem in your in your creative process so sustainability needs to be right next to consumer input atlas input needs to be thought through and discuss and find some solutions and maybe some of them they need to be a compromise because yes you cannot be 100 percent there because you need also to tackle a certain level of performance so it's all about after waiting this out and making sure we do the right decisions to our bigger journey this, this is an incredible thought process and i think this is what sets you apart as a designer and also makes puma outstand uh, so moving on to a completely different topic. So you are collaborating with various design schools and you yourself are mentoring a group of students. So uh, I have two questions for you. First, what is the vision of Puma behind such collaborations? And the second question is, what is it that you look for in the students while choosing a team? So the design school topics, that's a very good topic too, actually. It's been, you know, we realized that today we, you know, first actually starting with our athletes, like our athletes, they are people that are, you know, between 16 and, you know, 22, 24, 25 years or so. It's a younger type, you know, of consumer. Overall, next to the performance athletes, there is also Puma. We understand actually that today also, if we speak to those, you know, to those, um, to those consumers, um, those consumers have the power to influence the older generation. And this is like the natural life cycle. You know, if you look at the different generation, this is the natural life cycle. So, you know, obviously I'm getting older, you know, people in the company, yes, it's growing. There is younger, younger talents coming in and so forth. But for me, it's very important, especially in innovation, but in the design area, that we stay very close to the consumer. And actually the best consumer is the consumer that is on top of that, a designer, because He's, he's the 20 or 18 years old today, you know, he's exactly the guy that plays football, plays tennis, plays basketball, but also have, you know, a certain, you know, a certain culture, how we, you know, the certain culture of music, of, you know, other aspects. And so the best way in the creative process is if the guy that's going to give you an input is also a creative mind, like you get even sharper, you know, to those points. So right. we... We, you know, we made sure that, and for us, it's very important that we stay very close to that 
that community of creatives because they are again a big part also the consumer. Um, but also back to what I was saying there uh, at the beginning, you know, like innovation or innovating for me, it's a conversation. You have to get out, you have to reach out and so forth. And so to me, to us here, it's an opportunity to always stay connected with those new talents, with those new brains um, and see how they tick and see, you know, which tool they use, you know, what are their needs? Like, how do they envision the future? Like, you know, there is, you realize as creative being after a certain time in the industry, I'm waiting my words, but you, there is maybe some pollutions coming out of this because, you know, you've been going through some, through some hassles and, and, you know, there is like the things that you cannot do and there is, and so, you try to keep always your, your eyes as wide open as you can, but you know there is maybe some pre-thinking that has been you know shaped in your in your mind, and and the beauty of this young dynamic also you know new creative people is that like, there is this purity or nearly this virginity if I might say you know like that is coming out of there that is this is just fantastic because that's how you really reach next level, and so what we want to do is actually. We want to make sure that we have that conversation with them. And by the way, I'm, you know, which is completely like, I think not an industry standard, but we have interns, these creative interns in the, in the innovation department, which I know might sound contraproductive contra or, or, or contraintuitive. People say innovation long-term, you know, you want to protect your ideas. No, I believe into conversation, inviting people. We have to be smart, of course. We, you know, we work with, intellectual um, intellectual properties to make sure you know that the ideas are but let's discuss about that let's let's really positively move the needle change the world and therefore again have the conversation with the young creative so that's why we shared that program we realized that you know there is a couple of um, of schools also that are you know it's it's a, it's a mixture of of course the talent himself so the the, 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 the character himself but also the school type of studies and, 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 and way to shape, you know, the creative mind. So we identify exactly a couple of schools um, and, and we started to create a relationship with them, um, whether it is through the interns, but also whether it is exactly through a specific program. Um, we had a couple of sprints exactly where we have, where we had students coming here. And what was also interesting is you know, obviously, we are not able to to onboard um, all those talents in the company. We don't have the headcount, so we don't have automatically the space. But I'm still in touch, and the creatives here also. We're still in touch with a lot of those people that are now in different industries, and maybe because they didn't forget that moment. You know, we created also a, a unique experience um, where we've learned a lot from Puma, but they've been also like I think pretty impressed from. You know what Puma stands for and how, what Puma is, and so we are we are still in touch, and maybe there is other opportunities in the future. You know. And I think all of us will have to agree on this note that working with raw talent and collaborations is the future. In saying that, uh, what according to you are the qualities or skills of to be a good professional or a efficient designer? Like, what is that advice that you would like to give young designers? It's it's really a hard one because somehow it requires 
I would I would say that there is a lot of qualities. You know, if you want to um, to detach yourself, I would say you know from maybe from a certain mass also. But I try to think therefore of the, <clears throat> of the key one. I think that might be qualities that you know you might think you might not think of first. That means for me, it's less about your ability of sketching or your ability to you know really be creative, creative as that. I think the starting point for me, like one of the criteria of key qualities, being humble, um, being, um, being again open, um, seeking conversation on a one-on-one level, so being able to adjust your level also to really go deep into the conversation. So, and I'm back to this empathy. Like this is, you know, this area for me like is is key because this is how you get the depth then there is maybe a second bulk of you know second area let's say of, of qualities which is of course um you need to be able to um to have a certain how can i say creative mind uh, approach to that you need to be able to put that on paper so that you know that you can onboard people with you on, the, on your storytelling on your journey you need, you need to be able to talk about that you know in, in, a, in a certain way um I would say these are the two, you know, the two areas, uh, the two key areas, uh, and in this order, um, the two key areas of qualities that I think today, let's say, future design needs to, um, it's not automatically to look at and learn because I think there is a lot of things also like you will not learn, you know, is you are more like this and so forth, but try to therefore see like, do I embody this? Like, do I do I connect with this? You know, I think today. Like on one side, you see a lot of superstar system and Instagram and this and I am and I'm an influencer and so forth. But I realized that with the time and working with quite some people is still the best creative approach is, is, is to completely step back from this. Maybe you want, as a, as a result, you want your product to go there, you know, to be something unique and so forth. But the approach needs to be completely the opposite is stay down to us, understand, go deep, talk, raise creative ideas, exchange, discuss it, adjust this, change them, and then do the right things for the for for the for those people or for that problem. And then it's gonna be successful. But but like you have exactly to detach from that. And uh, there is some parallels with if you look with some artists, uh, like I don't see actually a design job as being an art, you know. As being as being close to an artist, but there is a parallel there. Is you see a lot of famous artists actually, they've been really living in a certain way that doesn't reflect actually, as an example, the money they are making and so forth. And so there is really a clear split. And I think, you know, if you want to be successful and so forth, you have to be clear with yourself: with what are you trying to aim? Do you want to do the right things, or do you want to be successful? And you know, this could be linked, but you need to start with the right thing. Absolutely. That is indeed a very insightful. Now that we have come towards the end of this conversation, my last closing question to you is, what will sports and lifestyle be like in 2030? And how do you see tomorrow's design? Ooh. Again, a very hard question there, I think. You know, I would love to have a crystal ball um, and be able to 
um, to know more there. Um, I think we have been, as a human, as a human humanity, we have been touched by the by the by the, the worst case scenario that could happen is the COVID, you know. And so this in 12 now, 12, 14 months, you could see that in these 14 months, the change of behavior, the in 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 every aspect, the change in our you know living habits. In the change in our interests um, has been completely flipped in 14 months, you know. Um, right. And so where, where, where I'm throwing this here is, you know, we are reflecting and talking a lot about this. Therefore, is, of course, there will be a after COVID. I mean, sure, there will be, you know, there will be a moment after that, you know, and, and COVID will stay long with us. It might stay forever, but there will be an after moment of this. So we are definitely, you know, putting our heads together and, and have a lot of conversations actually with different, you know, um, different, I would say, experts or expertise out there to try to understand, you know, um, and tap in our intuition actually also where, it, where the journey is going to go. I think one of the big learnings we see out of that is also today having really a far, far vision is kind of less relevant because like you could realize that all of a sudden from one month to another, like the world is going to be different. So it might be more relevant actually, it might be better to be, you know, a little bit more reactive, you know, on certain aspect than to try to throw the big, big vision out there, which might be meaningless in three years from now, because anyway, again, the change, the world of change in another direction. So there is a lot, Difficult to answer your question. I cannot say this. Well, what I can say is, this moment has been, you know, impacting us big time here as creative on how to, you know, how to think about the future, but also how to approach it. Also within our internal process, you know, how to be more, even more, quick, to you know, to the market when it comes to things that we see and feel. Um, and maybe one last point of that, like that's a word I was using one or two times, but also to tap even more than ever into our guts. So it's less about, you know, an AI analytic prediction, but it's way more about, you know, tapping into your 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 body feeling and your guts into because of all those conversations, what you see, all what you see and all what you hear is like using more of your feeling. And then and, and this is also a, um, an interesting aspect uh, of you know, how can I say, like leveraging the creativity and the, in, in the company. There is things that are not rational, but they are right. And so we want to tap more into this. Also. Beautiful, beautiful. Those are some really interesting insights. And I'm sure our listeners also have gained a lot from this conversation. Personally, it was really beneficial for me. And uh, thank you for joining us, sir. And thank you for giving us your valuable time. You are very welcome. Um, thank you very much for the invite also. Congratulations to all of you who made it till the end. Thank you for listening to this episode and I really hope you liked it. If you did, please leave us a review on our YouTube comment section. And if you come up with any questions while listening to this podcast, you can add a comment on Instagram or YouTube and we will get back to you and help you as much as possible. You can find us on Instagram or our website by the name arttown.store. So do connect with us. We're truly excited to converse with you.